Good morning, this is Mark Steiner. Just a reminder that we are listening to a segment from the Mark Steiner Show archives. Send your thoughts about this show to talk at steinershow.org or tweet me at Mark Steiner. Hello, I'm Mark Steiner, and uh, I have the Smothers Brothers in the studio this hour, Tom and Dick, and we started without you. <laughs> no, we haven't. Welcome. It's good to have you two Thank in Baltimore you. and here in the show. I'm on the right, and uh, my brother Dickie's on the left. And if you're all Thank driving, you. I needed that. If Thank anybody's you. driving up and down I-95, God bless you. <laughs> really? I, who'd want to do that? They'll call in. It's very dangerous. People do call in you know, on their cell phones all the time, and that's always... Uh, I do, too, and I got lost three times yesterday in Virginia talking to my daughter and someone <laughs> on the phone. I wasn't crashing into anybody, uh-huh. and I have a Hertz with a Never Lost Now navigational system on it and it didn't work yes because my phone it said no service i said oh my gosh i'm going to be late and you're in the middle of a dirt road what do i do i press some buttons you know and it said right turn is that true Does six point that? miles is yes i'd say it's 90 it's it's as good as the operator and it's very easy to operate don't pull over or be really uh-huh. say i'm sort of cross-eyed so i watch with one eye in the road and the other eye i, I, I do the navigation system but yeah i it saved my life it really did so I've never seen those. I've only heard these. I've seen one on the well, best television. thing is bring your wife or somebody to, to push it in, push it in while you're driving. It is fun. Good. I'll rent a, I'll rent a car that. just for that. Would you, drive, somebody, would you drive with me to push the button? I like that. <laughs> I drove in the rain I'm yesterday. A, I'm a directional dyslexic anyway. So, <laughs> And truly, I was, in, uh, I was in London doing a film, uh, and they gave me a, a, a wonderful flat. This is, this is a sad at story. Christmas, at Christmas mm-hmm. time. And I, who was I with? I forget who I was did the it film with. with. Uh, Twiggy? No. One? No, the one with... Uh, <laughs> he did one with Twiggy. Yeah? Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Uh, it was called... It was about the story of Paul Erdman. It was called Silver Silver, Bear. Silver Bears. Silver oh, Bears. Silver Shepherd was Civil in that. Silver Shepherd and... Uh, uh-huh. You played the Don, D- John Dean character. Anyway, the, so they gave me... I, I fly to London. I get off. I get into the... They give me a flat. I'm in a flat, and it's, it's around Christmas time. Anyway, I go... I. Look around the flat. It's a nice room, and I so I go out, take my key, I go out, and I go to some shopping. Well, I made a left and a right, and I picked up. Some London stuff. is a funny little Cold. town. And I yes. made a left and a right, and I picked up some stuff. And then I start walking back. I forgot to take my address with me. All I had was a key, <laughs> and no one. I was lost for an hour and a half. I could not get a cab. I got farther and farther away. My hands were freezing. I started so crying. Because I couldn't, I and couldn't, no one knew who I he live? was. He I couldn't say hi. White, I'm Tom Smothers. I'm lost. They didn't who know you? who I was. And plus, it took me about two hours. How did you get back? Two hours. I just kept walking. Tears coming down my face in a foreign country, <laughs> and I finally found it. I said, "Put a little note on me now." <laughs> but after the third turn, if you know about dyslexia, you yeah, know, I do. It's about the number three. Uh, it starts to reverse. I can go a right and a left and a uh-huh. right. But sometimes in numbers, I I do the same thing. But not with reading and writing. Uh, I had terrible trouble with reading, and uh, I'm I've got it down now. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty good. Tommy has a, <laughs> Tommy has a friend who's a sexual dyslectic. I'm afraid to ask how he that has works. A mirror under the bed, <laughs> and he says, "I don't see the big deal." <laughs> Is it, isn't it stuff that gets you kicked off a of television in the first place? No. Oh, oh, that oh, that's really risque, isn't it? <laughs> we never did. We never had any problem with the. Our, our, uh, we were kicked off for, not for, for, for language or for, uh, not being wasn't risque language. or anything like no, that. No, it wasn't. That was political. It was political. I mean, because yeah. your show came out in 67 and the heyday of the 60s, right in the middle of all the... And Vietnam. Nixon got elected and right after he was inaugurated, we were fired and the, the satirical stuff was all in the Johnson administration, but it would have rolled right over 
to Nixon. As we found out later, they, they got rid of your wonderful uh, your vice president, the governor. That's tried, right. <laughs> tried to, he tried to attack Walter Cronkite. What's the nittering nimbob of a... What's that? That's right. Nittering nincompoops of... Right. Nittering nincompoops of... No, nabobs of... Negativity. Negativity. And this was Spiro T. Agnew. That was it. Do you know what? Spiro Agnew had... The uh, the acceptable the, the percentage rating of, uh, of Walter Cronkite going down <laughs> actually it was starting to work. You know, the very interesting thing about uh, just off the top of my head, but uh, he was uh, Agnew. We're talking Agnew about? was mm-hmm. absolutely correct, and absolutely particularly now about what about the the press being being uh, he resented. What the press is doing now? The press the is now is, is so. Uh, it's not bias. They are the yeah. kingmakers. These are yeah, little dilettantes of. Uh, they decide what we're going to hear. There's no f- freedom of speech is fine, but there's no freedom of hearing. When well, you get to hear Nader, where do you get to hear the uh, alternative voices? We don't get to they hear. They decide yeah. what we're going to hear. Well, I mean, there's people arguing the show all the time that the press has become just very shallow, that they don't deal with issues anymore. It's all personality. It's not whether it's not what George Bush, whether you agree or disagree with him, says about. Uh, healthcare prescriptions is whether or not he calls somebody a name on an airplane. Yep. That's, That's what we right. talk about. Oh, yeah. Thank well, God. Because, I mean, thank God for uh, NPR. Uh, if, if people listen, to, if everybody listens to NPR, it would raise the IQ of this country. Don't ask Rod Schlimbaugh if that's correct. You know, there's a lot of people that think <laughs> NPR is a communist-backed liberal. They weirdness. certainly do. And it's a, it's a they're all got together and they decided what how they're going to manipulate it's us. It's part of the conspiracy to take over the world. Yeah. And all it is is really the... Uh, Radio that comes from the heart, mm-hmm. and uh, and and uh, overview of uh, compassion for other people, and that's why it does have a does have a little bit of a, a twist. Well, they made, Jerry, they made Jerry Ford an awkward guy. He's the most athletic <coughs> president we ever had. He's, he took one slip. And that was it. I know he it was, was like it was like uh, Roberto right. Duran say no mas, no mas once, and that's your whole career, which is the greatest one of the greatest fighters in history. Well, it's our career. One of my too. favorite fighters. Our career. Yeah, we're our noted for what. Oh yeah, mom liked you best. <laughs> well, no, who was it? The mom liked best. <laughs> well, I uh, <laughs> he lied about it. Uh, Tommy, I'm Tommy. Tommy I, I accused uh, in the middle of a uh, uh, we were doing a uh, recording a live recording in a, a nightclub. And uh, the second day, uh, Dickie had given a litany of 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 the things. I, uh, uh, you're not a man. You're stupid. You've done nothing <laughs> well. Dumbest brother. You're not, even, you're not even a brother. You just he laid brother. this thing. I was just perfect. And he stopped. He came and looked at me, and I and I said. Oh yeah, well, mom liked you best. It was just adding one more, <laughs> the, the final humiliation. Yeah. And you know, it was such a such a it touched so many people because everybody that has a has children, uh, or you remember yourself. And I have a, a seven year old uh, mm-hmm. boy and a, a four year old daughter, and this constant competition for our attention. Always. And especially the older one is just. The boy does not like the little girl. He mm-hmm. hates her. He says, "That's we don't use that." It's word. always okay. and, and the younger <laughs> one, and the young one always adores the older one. Sure, do anything for him. They they always get. Well, I have yeah. a. I have a two-year-old grandson who's always he's he's always used to being beaten up so much by all the other ones. He's always he's so yeah. he goes at you on immediately bite kick. He just he just goes on the offensive yeah. now. So he, my my I have a thirteen-year-old and a ten-year-old thirteen-year-old girl and a ten-year-old boy live in D.C. and. Uh, I don't know how many years ago, maybe six, eight years ago, Sarah put uh, Remick in a Samsonite suitcase and locked it. <laughs> and uh, he wanted to be in there, she said. And then she tried to keep me out of the room. And I, and even today, I says, you know, you could have killed your brother. She says, I know. And she smiles. <laughs> I says, would you do it again? Are you sorry? She says, no, I'm not sorry. Anyway, Mark, yeah. the, the Smothers Brothers are here for... Uh, 
uh, the symphony for, for the symphony for therapy. Right. We're here for therapy. <laughs> <laughs> for therapy. Well, that's why we invited you. Here. We thought you could do some, so we brought you on the show. So Thursday uh, tomorrow we have a, a two o'clock <laughs> symphony, uh, a two o'clock date with at Meyerhoff, and we're filling in for Victor Borga, whose wife is gravely Very ill. Yeah. yeah. And we were on the road doing some shows, and we had this week off, and they caught us out there. And they said, "That's great." Yeah. So would you? I said, "What a perfect!" And so we're such fans of Victor Borg. I said, "I love Victor." I would just do yeah. it just to be able to say I filled yeah. in. For we're actually filling in for Victor Borg in this hour as well. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, I think the last time we did it though was the big storm of the century in '92 or. Did you filled in for him? No. no, no. We did the symphony. Oh, okay. And it was the one that uh, the the uh, storm snowstorm went for, or the storm went from the Central America to to Maine. Right. It was a gentle, continuous snowfall that closed the city for about four days. <laughs> so we got one show in. And you stayed here for four days. And we yeah, we couldn't get out, and the, and we had to come back six or eight months later and finish the symphony. <laughs> but it was a wonderful time. We love the symphony. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, actually, the Baltimore Symphony is one of the best in the world. I think they have Tamar Conlon. The, the Meyerhoff is a great place. It's an incredible place. I guess let me go backwards and ask a question. Mm-hmm. And just listening to the two of you and just kind of thinking back on when people first heard you in the '60s and do your work. Where did that rapport that you two have come from? Is this something you did as kids? Did you play like this as children? Mm-hmm. No. It. Uh, it evolved uh, after we became professional. So we were mu- musicians first. Right, folk uh, singers. And we were singing. Uh, not even folk songs. Uh, we got folk singing when the Kingston Trio became a hit. We were yeah. not folk singers. Okay. Anyway, we, I would do all the talking. Yeah. And I had this kind of fractured, uh, I call dyslectic. it. Dyslectic. Dyslectic, fractured, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, adolescent puberty comedy, I call it. <laughs> and uh, I would talk and talk, and finally okay. I said, you got to say something. He said, what do I say? He said, tell me to shut up. So he says, shut up. <laughs> and he says, shut up, that's stupid. Pretty soon it was like he'd make sentences. And I said, well, introduce one of the songs. I can't keep it. He says, All right, what am I going to say? So we'll write something down, memorize it. <laughs> and then after a while it became, the sense we do not get along, we are oil and water. There is a, a definite uh, friction we have by nature. And so that added a, another dimension to it so that it's so easy for us. We walk on stage or we're sitting in a mm-hmm. restaurant. People look around, think we're doing a routine because <laughs> we do have a, 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 a definite yeah. point of view. Food, life, friends. Yeah. Different. Everything. Yeah. You know, like some people hang out together, but after five minutes, we said, okay, that's <laughs> enough. You know. So I like being married. Yeah. Well, it is like they were brothers and sisters. Well, I think, he's very, I think he's very funny. But he, yeah. And sometimes you can be, he can be in a small group. He can be very, hilarious. On stage, uh, all he, my friends like me. <laughs> <laughs> I got one. <laughs> and then again, I'm not very funny. And you married small, her quickly. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. Are we saying, Tom? I'm sorry. I said, in small groups. I'm not as amusing as as. But I am you are. In, in, Tommy doesn't like crowds. I could. I I go out in most of the shows. I'm out. Not here, but uh, I go out and I shake hands and meet people before the show. And I could stand that. Comics don't like to be. I think trapped in a group mm-hmm. you know where they have to be on and on have to be but, funny all the time yeah but Tommy yeah. Tommy does golf tournaments he loves the crowds in the right you know situation uh-huh. and he's and he's really good that way well but, the comedians are basically uh, working out deep seated problems and being on stage and being getting laughs resolves some of these unresolvable conflicts of mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Dickie says I've never met a comic who wasn't just totally screwed up just in meant. some way they're, that, they're, they're afflicted <laughs> and they make their affliction <laughs> most of them make their affliction into an asset or a weapon they beat you over the head with it well that's good though that, yeah. well that's great yeah. it's better than me I, I thought about being a criminal but I wasn't quite quick enough <laughs> or, or assertive enough to do anything other than white collar crime now would be good for me 
they, you go to jail quickly if you do white collar crime. So, uh, yeah, well, yeah, I couldn't spell. And, and so anyway, you know what is <laughs> what? How do we get there? It's like we were talking to you before, Mark, before you're on the air, and all the different things you did in your life, and you and you got into it. it gives you a lot of texture, a lot of knowledge, yeah. or, or, or or a lot of things you don't know anything about, and you know more of it. So when you bring, you're bringing a complex person here, and what we did is we did a lot of things together, or and, and apart, and when we finally started performing that is a subtext for our relationship and two guys would if, if we would have thought it out like a producer and a writer old, older brother you're the smart one younger brother you're the kid brother that's logical now he doesn't know as much as you tom because you're older mm-hmm. you know it makes a lot of sense no he's the eldest and i'm the one that's telling him how to run his life <laughs> right. but they so said, that was our relationship yeah uh-huh. so how do you choose that well you, he's he was gifted as a funny person i wasn't and I used George Burns and Gracie. Alan, when George finally found Gracie, George was going to be the comedian. He took all the funny lines. But she Gracie got all the laughs that's right. with no funny lines. That's right. Now, that's a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> so he very magnanimously and very graciously said, I'm going to make you the comedian. You can have the funny lines. We never had to go through that. We knew this from the first This is how it's going to work. <laughs> oh, I could clear a room, but, I could, but I'm great in an elevator, a men's room, or, you know, whatever. Uh, and, and you... you, you, you left each other for a while I read somewhere in 76 and then came back you decided to take a hiatus from each other after we were fired we continued to work and it was very painful we got very little eye contact in in LA and Hollywood our contemporaries we both moved away and did other things and uh, it was uh 1975, I believe, or it was our last, or 76 was our last. Well, we moved out of town in 72. Yeah, Out of town being L.A.? Yeah, yeah, and that was a good move to get out. Hello, I'm Mark Steiner. I'm here with Tom and Dick Smothers, the Smothers Brothers, who are playing with the symphony uh, this week. Uh, and uh, we should go to the phones, I guess. Yeah, well, there's, there's a, by the way, Thursday is a 2 o'clock matinee, and Sunday is a 3 o'clock. Oh, so you're here for the whole weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Friday and Saturday are Saturday, uh, eight, 8 o'clock shows. 8 o'clock shows, and then two two matinees. So you're having time to enjoy Baltimore a little bit? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to have. We're going to have some time, yeah. That's good. This it's is a, beautiful. We've time. seen the transition of the city over the period of years. We've 42 years we've been performing. We've been in Baltimore at mm-hmm. di- different times. Mm-hmm. Of our, and we've seen this transformation. We saw it take place. And yeah. same way with St. Louis and a couple of other major cities. We said, mm, that's great. The rise and, and fall and the, and the, and the, fall pr- and the rise. pride people yeah. have in the city. It's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. interesting yeah, great town. Respect. I like this place yeah. a lot. I'm glad I came I back. I love Annapolis. Went over there. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. It's just, it's a, this is a very interesting part of the country. It is. And it's historic. And uh, I lived in Middleburg, Virginia for about six years. And what period of life was that for you? Uh, late 80s, <laughs> early 90s. It was my uh, my second wife, and uh, she got me into fox hunting. and Fox hunting? Yeah, Abe Poland lived down the... Uh, over here, and then Senator Warner over there, and the Mellons over there, and I went first Fox. And you, and then me. <laughs> I always said he was California. way out of his class. He tried to. <laughs> I'm walking around. I'm walking around, and all these tall horses with these riders, and these dogs are barking. And Jackie Onassis comes up and says hello, and all these people. I says, I want to get on a horse. I want to do that. And so I ended up being a fox hunter a while back, and, and, ba- was, and bankrupt. And bankrupt. bankrupt. <laughs> yeah, but it was the it was the most fun part of my life is living in the country out there in Virginia. It was a sense of community mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, and a lot of history. I didn't. Grow and they up don't with kill this. the fox anymore. N- no, that's important to know. No, well, it's, they, it's they do die. Scammed to death. But. They do die, but some of the writers die too. <laughs> uh, it's a lazy, unlucky, old or sick fox. You never you never pull them out of a hole or anything like that. Because yeah, a, a, a joyous fox is, is a wonderful thing to behold. Yeah. They're smarter, quicker, territorial. Those dogs don't have a shot. <laughs> you know. 
Did so you go you, fox hunting too, Tom? No, no I don't believe in uh, you fall horses. Off. I don't believe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just found it was something I didn't know I wanted to do. You know, and I did it. So it's great. Okay, someone on the phone? Yes, I think Hello. so. Hello, Doug in Baltimore. You're on the air. <laughs> thank you, Mark. Hey, Doug. Uh, thank you to the Smothers Brothers. You all are wonderfully funny. Huh. That's our job. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) My question is, what are some of the things that you all did to develop your sense of humor? Well, I was working on my, uh, you know, not going to an asylum. And I was too much, (laughs) I was uh, too long in the birth canal. (laughs) So I'm 20, uh, Tommy's 22 months older than Dick, and and it just... Evolved. My my comedy came from being uh, very insecure and being uh, shy and uncomfortable. And uh, uh, in that time in life, in puberty, around 12, 11, 12, 13, when you're supposed to be stepping out and uh, a little more adult, making that transition, I felt more comfortable. We changed schools a lot as we were growing up. So I just take that character and uh, stay in the dumb side, the awkward side. And I got control that way. And then it became a, a, a nice little character that... Is evolved now. It's certainly not as youthful and childish as it was. I'm a 63 year old man. <laughs> you you used your insecurity as a strength. Oh yeah. Okay. That's what it came we were from. talking about. Most most comics use a weakness or a flaw, and then turn it around. It could be stuttering. It could be a, a physical defect or mm-hmm. whatever. Or it could be it, just you know, anger or or anger. A lot of them is anger. Yeah. Now I now I didn't develop. It took me about three years in the act before I even said very much. I wasn't naturally one that wanted to get out there and and talk in front of people. I would uh, just sing and let Tommy do it. And it took me quite a while to get enough uh, uh, courage. Really, I still have a fear of public speaking. And when hey, hey, Mark, have you noticed hmm. something here? Go ahead. We speak without even consciously. He talks about me. He calls. He talks to me. He, calls, he says. He says Tommy, until Tommy starts. But we never call each other Dickie or Tommy. Tom and Dick. We, I call hey, I, when I say hey Dick. Uh, Dicky was out uh, driving the car. Isn't that right, Dick? <laughs> and, he, the, and he says Tommy was doing that right, Tom. And we're not even. So we we talk each other about in the in the third person uh-huh. without even being aware of it. I say you know I I, I, I want to say clear something up before anybody leave tonight about how the Smothers Brothers feel about one another. How do you feel about one another? Well, I'm talking about in the third person. You know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't say how Tom and I feel about one another. <laughs> That's Smothers Brothers. <laughs> Are Dickie and Tommy feel different than Tom and Dick? No, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter. matter. But, you know, the whole thing is a growth growth process. If, if someone listened to our old albums, and most people have our, who are fans have the, mm-hmm. Live at the Purple Line, our very first album, and Tommy and I can't do that kind of material anymore. We, if we did it, say, the piece again, it would be have a whole, <laughs> whole different. No, no, we couldn't do it we, that way. Same way. It would be different, a lot different. And your sense is though also always has remained very topical. Well, sort of. It's cur- it's like your conversations are not in a time warp, right? Or time. So and, and we we converse. So yes, it stays. Con- but we weren't uh, the way. only thing that was uh, topical or socially relevant was our television show. Uh, our nightclub act, our, our concert act, is has a little bit of, uh, of relevancy in there, but it, primarily we got the reputation as being the, you know the deep-cutting satirist from the mm-hmm. television. We, we weren't Dennis Miller. We weren't even Mort Saul, you yeah. know. But uh, uh, when we... when my, my point is... Oh, it's a timelessness. Is our, 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 it's like Victor Borga. Mm-hmm. doesn't have to change his show in 50 right. years. It's still timeless. Right. And so our, our relationship 
uh, spans everything. You could bring your five-year-old to see us, and they will see that relationship. Doesn't even matter what. And that was the ge- genius of the show when we were on. There were eight-year-olds that loved the show and grandparents that loved the show. Well, your show also, I mean, back in the it was 67, 68 when I was on, yeah. um, that you had the very traditional Kate Smith song. Yeah, yeah. You had Tommy and the Who on. You had... It was a wonderful blend. Yeah. You, but you yeah. did. Almost every show was like yeah. old traditional kind of actors and funny people. And Oh, Tommy would do a love scene with uh, Betty Davis. And then we had uh, the, <laughs> the Who blowing up their instruments. Same show. Wasn't that neat? It was great. <laughs> I don't know how that came about. I mean, is this guy still on the air? Oh, is Doug, you still there? No, Doug is gone. Well, let's go to the next caller then. Esther in Baltimore. You're on the air. Hello. Chester, I'm sorry. Not Esther. Chester. Yeah. Didn't mean to change your gender. Sorry. <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> Good, Chester. All right. <clears throat> I was just I was wondering if, um, if, if the uh, Smothers Brothers would be willing to do another TV show. And who, who are their favorite comedians today? Uh... We are on the other side of the uh, the, uh, the the age thing, as far as a, <laughs> for we'd, lo- we'd love to do another television show, but there's a, a small chance that hell we'll be offered one. We're willing. Uh, <laughs> our favorite comedians, uh, w- going back classical, we like uh, we love Laurel and Hardy. We like the, their 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 space and their their quietness, and particularly mm-hmm. my type of comedy. And our type of comedy is uh, Bob Newhart. Uh, Father Guido Sarducci, Don mm-hmm. Nadello, uh, that type of Nichols and May going back, and Jack Benny, of course. But there's a, there's a lot of good comics now. There's some comic actors that are they're good, and it's real hard to 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 say who they are. I just I don't like we do, we don't care for the stand up comics that are real real dirty, mm-hmm. you know. But you know you got uh, Eddie Murphy's a fine filmic actor, and when he does a stand up, he's he's got to be like an instant Richard Pryor. Now Richard Pryor. Did it right? Felt it, it, the suit of clothes fit Richard. Well, what do you think yeah. was different then between people like Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy? And what, where, where do you make? Where do you draw that line? Well, one of them used uh, vulgarity and scatological conversation to define a character, and the other one used it to uh, Just to, to shock, shock or to uh, be profound. And to Richard's, hit. it, sa- it mm-hmm. sounded natural, and because he was, yeah. in, it was always in a character that he mm-hmm. was doing in it, so it was yeah. always very real. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some that. Uh, I think that Dennis Miller throws it in sometime in the middle of his, and I say, boy, it looks like he's really working mm-hmm. to, to to be funny, to be dirty, uh, so that the Generation X or something like that like him, mm-hmm. and uh, and he doesn't have to. And it mm-hmm. seems like he's working at it. He doesn't feel natural on him. <laughs> mm-hmm. And George Carlin, uh, I he does it pretty well. He's getting a little angry with it, starting to become uh, more very than angry. S- s- mm-hmm. more than seven words. So it's. It's getting in the way, I think. We've never had a... I just think, what time, What if Dickie and I just... We just started doing our act and, and said, and said, if Mom liked you best, I would, oh, F you, you know? And, oh, yeah, well, I got up yours. And see what... All of a sudden, I say, oh, the Smothers Brothers are really hip now. They're... Well, that reminded me of Richard Pryor, who did a bit on swearing, how a black man swears and how a white, white man, man swears. used John Wayne as a swearing guy. It wasn't even close. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. It was, but he was that was great, honest observation. Uh-huh. And when you use things that are a little off color with that honesty, and the truth, that's okay. There's a place for it. Yeah, but yeah. it, I have a strong feeling about the the way the First Amendment is being used now uh, as a uh, as a poster boy or a, a poster to provide uh, Just, right, justification for bad language. <clears throat> uh, 
gratuitous violence and sex. And and when someone says we shot, oh, First Amendment, you can't do that. First Amendment was used to protect uh, valuable valuable criticism. Uh, the trouble statements. is, you can't. You can't. Well, I, I, I want to say it wasn't that's def- the thing. made to defend that kind of stuff. It wasn't to 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 defend the Hustler magazine. You know, but where do you draw the line? So, well, it's interesting. I, I want to go to this call because I'm going to call this in by car phone. I'm going to get her on so she's safe driving and can ask her a question. But I then I want to come back to what you were just okay. you two were just talking about. Jessica, in your car, you're on the air. Hey, Marcus, Jess. Hi, Jessica. You know, I only uh, ever call your really serious shows, but I've waited 32 years <laughs> to apologize to Tommy Smothers, and this is my opportunity. What's, what's what have you done to him? When I was 12 <laughs> years old, I was walking out of the San Francisco Hotel, and I saw him walking in in San Francisco. And I gawked in loudly <gasps> in his face, and he turned around and went <gasps> right back in my face, and everybody laughed, and I was totally humiliated and went, went the next day to uh, give a note to the concierge to apologize because I totally thought it was really crass for people to be, you know, that kind of audience. So I left the note, but they said he had checked out. So I just take this opportunity to uh, apologize for gawking at you. <laughs> well, Je- Je- I-, I apologize for gawking back at you because <laughs> you, were, you were much younger than me. I should have known better than to scare you. <laughs> it was a wonderful <laughs> memory. I w- have never forgotten it, obviously, and uh, I was well, a, a, a complete devoted fan. I never missed your TV show. Well, thank you. So it was great to see you in the flesh, anyway. Okay. You, you have a good car phone. What kind of service is mine's, mine's Am I good. allowed to advertise on the radio? No, you're not. Sure. <laughs> we sure are, though. You got you got to come see got, our show. This is good clarity, isn't it? It is good it's clarity. It's AT&T. Okay, yes. that's what I have, and mine sucks. So, uh, <laughs> but keep your eye on the lanes. You know, you got to watch it. Jessica, when's the last time you you saw us perform live? Or have you ever? It's been many, many years. Uh, now, I did once in, uh, uh, I think is actually the same trip in L- in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Could but have been, that's yeah. the only time. I'm really not. How old were you then? Twelve. Yeah. I was twelve. How, yeah. Are you any older now? <laughs> <laughs> um, in some ways, but in other ways not. <laughs> right. Thanks. Thanks Lots for the of call. Silver hair, but everything else is the same. Okay, that's great. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> All right, take care. Drive carefully, Jess. I know Jessica. She told me this story. Oh, you know her? Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Back to your calls in just a minute as we talk with the Smothers Brothers. I want to remind you the Mark Steiner Show is brought to you in part by the Maryland State Education Association. From limiting overtesting to protecting public school funding, you can learn more about the issues facing students, parents, and schools by visiting the Maryland State Education Association's website at MarylandEducators.org. That's MarylandEducators.org. Or at SteinerShow.org is the Maryland State Education Association's banner. You're listening to a segment from the Mark Steiner Show archives. Send your thoughts about this show to talk at SteinerShow.org or tweet me at Mark Steiner. Before Jess came out, that was a great story. Um, What you were saying about the First Amendment, I was thinking, and you were talking, Tom, I was thinking about... What happened to your show and the battles you had around censorship and where people didn't want you to put, CBS did not want you to put on your show and so how they things. blocked you many mm-hmm. times. And, and I was thinking about this for actually when the end, I actually wrote myself a note about this, that, that about the censorship you encountered in 67 is really very different than the battles over censorship that were battling at the turn of the century in the kind of issues you two were just raising about the th- stuff that you did not like about today. Mm-hmm. Well, uh... Jack Valenti is very 
out there at the hearings on uh, the violence in the marketing, the FTC uh, report, uh, how we're marketing violent things and inappropriate things for children. And uh, he's out there saying, oh, we're, we've done more for, uh, he's an apologist, and oh, this smacks of censorship, you're going to stop us from advertising as we want. Well, I remember when Dickie and I were thrown off the air, the Smothers Brothers thrown off, I didn't hear a word from Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get an attorney. Uh, uh, no, none of the show business attorneys would handle our case because they had clients. We had to go to the ACLU to be represented. <clears throat> Is that what you did? Yes. And uh, I didn't hear anybody say, hey, you're, uh, that's censorship. That's First Amendment. And that's what the First Amendment was intended for that kind of uh, criticism or satire, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And now we see them... Uh, the First Amendment being used to protect uh, dubious and un, uh, unimportant and negative stuff that we're getting. And also the Second Amendment, same way, the right to bear arms has been abused just like the First Amendment. In the name of the First Amendment, we should all be able to carry uh, these weapons. It wasn't intended mm-hmm. for that. It was intended for uh, freedom There's of... There's a lot of abuses. And, and the, the, uh, the separation of church and state is totally misinterpreted today yeah. than it was originally in the Constitution. Things getting... They're just polarizing way out there, you know. It's 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 it's, 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 a, it's a commercial commodity mm-hmm. to, to to do that stuff instead of from the heart. <clears throat> okay, here, well, where was where was John Rocker's uh, First Amendment? Where is Fuzzy Zeller, the Tiger Wood thing? Just a or Marge shot. You don't have to agree with it, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden, there, uh, poor Fuzzy Zeller lost twelve million dollars with the uh, one of the. Uh, You're talking about the the, the, the golf comment, right? Yeah. Oh, that yeah. comment. Said, well, maybe the First Amendment only applies if the government shall make no laws restricting expression, and unless it's the government doing it, there's no such thing as freedom of speech. How can you go to First Amendment if a, the company, your corporation, says you can't say that? I said, well, I'm expressing. Nope, you're fired. You're gone. Well, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? So uh, when we were fired, it was, of course, it was pressure from the Nixon people why we were fired. Well, it wasn't direct, so the, maybe that's why. The, so these people are saying, oh, the government can't, uh, Congress can't make any rules restricting our freedom to ex- sell our product because that's freedom of speech. <laughs> freedom of speech is also money. That's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, freedom of speech is now money. That's what they're saying. The corporate I know, rights are the same as, as our individual oh, rights to freedom of speech. Come on. So what now, what happened when ACLU, ACLU took your case? Where did that end up? Well, it was really George Slaff. Uh, George Slaughter, who was a... Uh, George Slaff. George Slaff, who was a ACLU guy, he took it, and uh, we went to court, and uh, we won. But we didn't. We, we didn't, didn't win go the to war. court on the. We didn't go on the. <laughs> we didn't go to court on the First Amendment. You we went couldn't. To, and we on couldn't. your contract. We went uh, breach of contract, copyright infringement. It was very important that uh, that the Smothers Brothers won that case because yeah. antitrust uh, was part of the original thing, and we didn't have the deep pockets to. To pursue that. that, because I mean the things that came after you were—I can't remember all the stuff—but I remember you had the David Steinberg piece he wouldn't put on about Jonah and the whale. They had yeah. mm-hmm. you had the Harry Belafonte. They cut that out yeah. when he sang around the marches on the Democratic it was convention. News footage. It was news footage. News footage. Know, this is thirty years ago, right? Yeah. We're, I mean, there's general. people out there going, "What the heck are they talking about? What's this?" It's a contextual thing. Lenny Bruce today, doing a uh, comic doing his material, wouldn't even raise an eyebrow. No, it wouldn't raise an eyebrow but, at but all. But if Lenny Bruce was today, he would be still way out in front. <laughs> right. Well, he was a brilliant man. that was him. He, he was brilliant. He was incredible. My, yeah. Another the, sad man. I yes. think the best political or social satirist working today is Jackie Mason. On that note, we're going to come back. I want to hear more about this. <laughs> 
Hello, I'm Mark Stein. I'm here with Tom and Dick Smothers. Yes, the on-air sign. We're on-air now. I go by the red sign. Yes, and we're there. <laughs> I, I, I had to listen to George W. if we're on the air or not. <laughs> Do you think uh, that right. Quail and Bush would make a great combination? They... <laughs> Potato, tomato... <laughs> Listen, I would have spelled it wrong, too. You should not make too. fun of people. I can't spell. We can't spell I can't spell it. I can't, I'm terrible at spelling myself. Well, it I'm takes not. one to know when it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible at it. I'm really so, terrible. So the whole First Amendment thing, just finish up you that You said concept. Jackie Mason. Yeah, Jackie Mason. Oh, J- Jack, but then we'll go first, to the phones. Just for the First Amendment thing, it's, Pat Paulson did an uh, editorial one time on our show, and it was, he said, the First Amendment's not the problem. He says, it's, it, the freedom of speech is not a problem. It's, it's freedom of hearing. That was should have been put in the Constitution. Freedom to hear. Uh, so uh, you can say anything you want in a closet, naked, uh, with the door closed, <laughs> and nobody hears it. You've yeah. you got free speech. Right. That, that's not, it was freedom of hearing. They forgot to put that in. That's very interesting. Okay. And it's funny when you said Pat Paulson. You had an incredible array of people who worked with you on that show. This one last thing. You had people like Steinberg. I didn't realize until the other day when I was reading about you. You had Steve Martin, Rob yeah. Reiner. Yeah. All those guys were working with you back then. And Mason Williams. Was, Mason was, Williams. Was, he was really maybe the most brilliant in his, in his, in his thing. Yeah, we had some great. we had some good people. It was easy and it was fun. And and Pat selected your young, bright, right. with no history, and uh, that was neat. That's what we said. You know, with Smother Brothers weren't, weren't so hot. What we did is surrounded ourselves with talent. Yeah. So if Made they were good, good, they said <laughs> they said the Smothers Brothers were funny last night. It wasn't us. It was our show. <laughs> sort of like uh, Jerry Seinfeld. It was the, yeah. uh, He was the third, fifth most most popular guy in his show. Right. <laughs> they did a poll. He wasn't the favorite. He just got all the big bucks, and it was Jerry. When they were funny, Jerry was funny. But well, he ended up getting the big bucks. Yeah, he got all the big bucks. Let's go back to the phones. Hillel in Pikesville, you're on the air. Hi, Mark. Hi. First time caller, long time listener. I really enjoy your show, Great. especially this one. Thank you. Uh, I'm calling to recount an incident that I had with uh, Tommy Smothers. I was a young, probably 11-year-old uh, school boy on a plane by myself from Los Angeles to San Francisco was a PSA flight which no longer exists and I was sitting next to Mr. Smothers. Which one? Uh, oh, Tommy. Tommy. Uh-huh. And he spent the hour of the flight trying to convince me that he was this uh, guy who I'd never heard of, this uh, Tommy Smothers. Um, and he was very pleasant and he talked to me and we had a very nice conversation then I got off the plane and he introduced himself to my mother and uh, uh, my mother said, didn't you know who that was? And it was a very, uh, uh, you know, like, how, how am I supposed to know who that was? But um, he was, like, uh, spending the whole hour. Don't you believe he, I think he pulled out his driver's license. <laughs> and, and California driver's license. I hate doing that. When people say, I, I know who you are, and you say, no, I'm not. And they say, yes, you are. And he says, okay, I are. He says, no, you're not. You but, can't. Uh, that's funny. A famous uh, guy, it might have been Cary Grant or somebody, said, if you have to tell someone who you are, you're not them. <laughs> and there's well, a lot so of I, in that. Uh, this is Tommy. I, so I, I, how, I, how, how long ago was this? How, how long ago was this? This was, I'd say, 26 or 27 uh-huh. years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, PSA flight from L.A. to San Francisco. What flight number was that? <laughs> I don't recall, but... Uh, we had a good time. There though. was a smile on the front of the plane, if you Yeah, recall. and the yeah. girls wore hot pants. I love that airline. <laughs> And they're out of business. Yeah. And they're out of business. Right. Thanks, Hillel. Uh, thank you. Oh, you had a lot of interactions with these kind of 11 and 12-year-olds in your life see, here. See, people, keep, <laughs> people run into my brother there a lot. Really, that's great. <laughs> Mike in Baltimore, you're on the air. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I really have a great deal of respect for the work that the gentlemen have done, and I think that, that the point they were making about the spirit of the First <clears throat> and Second Amendment mm-hmm. not really being honored is, is true. But at the same time, I have some concern that, 
that like you 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 addressed that, that some bad speech was being protected, and I, it just concerns me because I think you're you're a sympathetic and reasonable person, but you're still making a value judgment as to what is and isn't bad, and I that's that's the problem. That's the yeah. I mean, I think I don't know. I personally feel like we really shouldn't ever restrict speech. But I, at the same time, I don't think it ever says that there can't be consequences for your speech. I, I don't think anyone should ever be prevented from saying something, but at the same time, that, it doesn't seem to me that that excludes someone being experiencing a consequence for saying something. I mean, as children, we grow up knowing that if you say the wrong thing to the wrong person, there's a consequence. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you yell fire in a crowded theater. Right. I don't think you should be able to stop someone from doing that, but I don't think they should be able to just walk away from it. So I, I was just a little, I, I right. agree with what you're saying, but I, think I hear, I, I, we hear what you're saying. That's, that's Tommy. will go ahead. But well, I, about to say something. I'm just saying that the first amendment is now being used when it doesn't have to be used. And, uh, this great fear is that if you, if something stopped there, look, where are they going to stop us next? Well, let's hear some conversation that's worth protecting. We're, we're, I mean, well, see, then that's the, that's the problem. I know. Though. Who's going to make the choice? You're, you're making the value judgment, what should be protected, what should be said. And, yes, consequences. Uh, we should learn to, to, to be resourceful, respectful, and, 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 res- and expect consequences for stuff that we who, do. What are the consequences going to be for when big, uh, do we say PSA is gone? Now there's only like four airlines, and there'll be three broadcasting and media well, here's things. The, here's the, it, and now where are the consequences of, that they're going to have to feel? There's but, no consequences. But you're saying the John Rocker thing, Tommy, or someone who says something that is politically incorrect. Should they, the consequence be losing your livelihood because certain people disagree with what you said? Isn't that consequence way out of line Absolutely. with what was said? But there's another it's a, who's it's value a com- judging. It's that. a complex issue. I it mean, is. you know, it's very we, we talked about the Rocker thing when that happened on the air here. I mean, because it, it involved all kinds of. Uh, the, the the one issue that really divides America around race, which you actually tackled way ahead of your time, sometimes in the sixties yeah. on your show, yeah. that that issue is 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 one that really well. Hits briefly, home. they don't know that Tommy was a priest. Mm. There was a black guy and there was a white girl, and it was the first interracial marriage in the South. And the bit was a whole that, different. But but come but, back at your show in sixty seven because mm-hmm. you've mentioned that. Right. And and the results, the consequence of the black man marrying the white girl was the rope. He says the rope, please, instead of the ring, please. Mm-hmm. You know. And that was considered, you know, racy uh, stuff there. It no, was racy stuff. That was a consequence. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you did have a consequence. But you had a point there on that. Is it so just, 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 just that it, it's a very difficult thing to put your hands around. I mean, we don't want people cursing uh, and, and using foul language and sexually explicit stuff with our kids. Or inciting hatred. Or inciting bigotry, hatred. You know, but who's to say? Well, to watch our kids. Go ahead. They won't, they're asking it's, me to please go back to the phones. We should do that. Uh, Suzanne, in your car, you're on the air. Hi, um, my name's Suzanne. I actually work for the ACLU of Maryland. Um, hi, Mark. Hi. And uh, I'm just proud to say that we did that. The ACLU did represent the Smothers Brothers. We get a lot of criticism sometimes for the people we represent, and it's uh, it's wonderful to represent people who were really engaging in free speech. I I wanted to affirm what the previous caller said um, about my concerns in terms of evaluating whether speech is um, is important or valuable or not. But I guess I'll ask another question, which is, um, do you incorporate sort of some of the the very current political um, scandals, and and do you use political critique in your your current act? Although I suppose I should come this weekend and see. 
You should. Uh, no, we don't. There is uh, <laughs> when the show's over. There's a point of view that's very defined. There's very little names. No uh, dealing with scandals or anything like that. We would have done that on if we had our television show. We'd probably have done that. But the show does have a uh, has a philosophical and social uh, center to it. Great. Yeah. Yeah, well, we, it's great to have you in Baltimore. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thanks, we, we're not like current like the Capitol Steps. Is that, is that like the Capitol Steps? Capitol Steps. Yeah, you know, or Mark Russell. You know, he does such groaners, but here, but he's out there doing them fresh every single. Right. Uh, we we do ours in you know decade or generic <laughs> philosophical <laughs> things. You know, we're not quick enough to do that. But the, the point comes across, and I think our our show has a, a a a to me a spiritually uplifting feeling. And you feel good, and and there's some meat to the show, yeah. but we don't hit you over the head with it because that's that stuff that a lot of these people do is obvious. You say, "Oh, isn't that right. cute?" It's not enlightening. And you're doing five, you're doing five of them in the next few days, right? Five shows. Yeah, two two o'clock on Thursday with the symphony, and then eight o'clock Friday and Saturday. I and, count four, but Sunday, we could do a fifth and one. And Sunday, <laughs> <laughs> Sunday at three o'clock matinee, which yeah. is kind of neat. And I'm going to bring my kids to the Sunday Sunday show. Oh, cool, good. Yeah. Well, Frank in Baltimore, you're on the air. Oh. Frank. Hello. Hi, Frank. I'm just trying to remember. Years ago when I saw the Mother's Brothers, it was Joan Baez on the show, and she sang a song. Then she made some kind of remark uh, uh, about her husband or her boyfriend was in Canada on account of the war. Yeah, and right. It seemed like it was kind of naive and provocative. I thought it, it was worse. But then, then you disappeared. You got taken off the air. I think she said her husband was in prison. Oh, is that what it was? For yeah. resisting the draft. draft. For oh. resisting. And uh, CBS didn't want her to say that, so they cut out the part of why. He's yes. in prison. It could have been for rape or murder or, right. or you know, larceny. I think it was David, I forget his last David. name. Yeah. Harris? Harris. Harris. David Harris, Harris right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there, we were, <clears throat> we were the only show at the time that was reflecting <clears throat> any of the things that were happening uh, I in thought the it was, and, and we were just kind of vilified. The people who did like us really liked us, and the people who didn't, because it's hard to remember back in that time that everybody was uh, short hair or long hair, a dove and a hawk. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. it was just so divided. Right. It was close to social revolution yeah. as this country right. has been yeah. at that time. Yeah. So we're out of it, and we're into another thing of now this corporate crap and greed. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, and, and, it, and they're hiding behind the First Amendment, and what are you going to do? And they have the the Supreme Court at the moment is uh, constitutionally saying the First Amendment is corporate corporate speech is yeah is it's money like, right yeah for, thanks for that call Frank and you were right David Harris actually he was sentenced to five years in prison for evading the draft back then not evading refusing to yeah, he go did the it army. above they, board out front straight up they yeah, tried to take up. his heavyweight championship away but he didn't have one <laughs> they already did that anyway to Cassius Clay remember to, remember Cassius yes, Clay I do. Yes, <laughs> I do Muhammad Ali Bob in your car you're on the air. Uh, hi, Mark. How are you doing? Good, Bob. Tom and Dick, what an absolute pleasure to talk to you, gentlemen. Uh, Thank you. I have been a fan of you guys forever. Uh, I, I think you're the best. And I, First off, thanks for all the entertainment over the years. Uh, what I called to find out is uh, I'd love to get a hold of some of your classic albums on CD. Uh, I mean, who do I have to kill to get a copy of Think Ethnic on CD is my question. <laughs> it's not on CD uh we just have a rhino record of uh, the sibling revelry. It's a, like a compilation, best of. The best we could say is there's a lot of stores that deal with the old uh, old albums, old records, and they a lot of them have Smothers Brothers stuff, and you'd have to you know burn it on yourself. You I, I, I have two copies of Think Ethic on LP. I'm just hope, was hoping to get a nice, pristine CD. Is there <laughs> anything on the horizon as far as this stuff coming out? Uh, there's some, right com- there some conversation yeah. with... Uh, 
a friend of my new friend of mine I met from Billboard who I said, I'll go check out with Mercury and see what the... They don't own them. It's Polygram or somebody. Well, the same, but... You don't own them anymore, obviously, then. No. I I have Mm -hmm. a great idea. But we want to... I think we should re-release them. They're great for kids, and they're great for uh, young adults. It's very funny stuff. It's very funny stuff. Oh, they're wonderful. And uh, how about uh, uh, some of the classic variety uh, uh, hours on video? Any chance of that? We we own those. We own the copyright on those. And uh, they were shown on E, uh, the E channel, uh, a couple of years ago. Yes, now we're I, I, to, I really enjoyed uh, watching them. We're going to try to put together uh, an edited version of uh, three packages of yeah. uh, the best. But of, as of, of, those as of now, nothing's available, but just keep your eyes open. You, you might find some. We have, by the, we have a website, smothersbrothers.com. Yes, we found it this morning. And <laughs> uh, if, if anything like that comes out, put it on your favorites so you get to hit it once in a while. Absolutely, and, uh, and, uh, we'll, and we'll you know. uh, it's appropriate because you guys are a couple of my favorites. Thanks for all the entertainment of the years, and uh, thanks, Mark, for letting me on your show. Sure, Bob. Thanks for calling. Um, now, when when you say you might put out a package of the, some of the, the best videos of the, from your shows, <laughs> they'd have to be compilations. Compl- like, would yeah. you put on the ones that were banned, the oh, ones yeah. that they, the ones that we couldn't get a chance to see? Oh, yeah. Those are the ones that we'd yeah. love to see. The ones that we couldn't see. The, the Belafonte thing. The is Belafonte very, thing. Very yeah. Nice. It's very nice. The thing is, you know, the, the the bits then were sometimes six, seven minutes long. People today look, their attention spans suck, you know. <laughs> Everything uh, a little brisker. Yeah, they, they want three minutes or less, you know. Well, the older we get, the more we can look longer because we have nothing else to do. So. Well, it takes us a while for it to sink <laughs> yeah, in. That's right. That's right. Take a while. Well, we, we did our it. shows in uh, 88 and 89, uh, 90, when we had these uh, hour shows. We sp- sped up. We hold t- different pattern of they were. We liked those shows better. The, the later ones, ones than yeah. the early ones? Yeah. yeah. Uh, technically, they were better. Three-minute hunks. Little Richard come on and say, three minutes, three minutes, <laughs> three minutes. <laughs> you know? And they, there were some great shows, and we shot them, shot them better. But uh, this, the, I just love the, the, the web because, like, uh, we, we have a decent web page, and it has some history stuff on it, some archival stuff. Right. It tells our concert things. And if something comes up on an on a, on a artist you like, be it a Rodney Dangerfield, he's got a great website. <laughs> uh, and you just punch it in. It, the, the information is it's just amazing. phenomenal. It is amazing. If I could turn it on. You I'm learning. <laughs> so my dyslexia is just moving. Out. My, my slow-witted power trip is... Oh, Napster? <laughs> my stepson... Turned me on to Napster the other day, just when they're going to take it off. Well, <laughs> I, I said Napster. I typed in Smothers Brothers. God, all of our all, all of our your stuff was there. there. You know, I got Eric Clapton sings with Pavarotti. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to hear Nat King Cole. You know, I'm going to do something with my daughter, so I did Natalie. I just said Nat King Cole. I went down. It was Natalie and Nat, and it, it just and it downloads and downloads and downloads. Right. It's not right. You know, <laughs> it's not what you did anyway. But, but you know what? <laughs> I, I got to tell you though, the, the artists are so long. Uh, most of the albums are so old, they don't get anything anyway, so don't cry. It's a bunch of people who don't deserve the profits are getting them anyway. <laughs> okay, where, who's, is there someone else on the line? No, actually, we're out of time. We're out of time. You oh, have no. to go rehearse now. Oh, man. Tom and Dick Smother, this was great having you on the show today. Hey, Mark, thank you Thank you all much. so much for being yeah. here. Enjoy them with the Baltimore Symphony. I can't wait to see you all. Thank Definitely you. Be there. Thank you all so Boy, much. that was a fast hour, huh? It was good to have you here.